At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is the final hour of The Look Ahead right here on VEASAN, the Esports Betting Network, and we've got a tremendous hour coming up for you as we're going to be joined in about 15 or so minutes by Matt Landis. He does a terrific job just taking a look at everything with regards to the NFL futures market, does a great job, went in season, obviously, taking a look at it week in and week out. He is the host of the Props and Hops podcast, so we're going to have some fun taking a look at some NFL season win totals, what he's looking at for the upcoming season as well. Never too early to be able to take a look at the NFL. And we're going to be doing that in about 15 minutes. And here in the final hour, just going to give you guys as much of what I like as humanly possible. For Tuesday, we've got a full slate of baseball. We've got game one of the Stanley Cup coming up. So we've got no shortage of fun. And then later on in the week, we're going to be having game six of the NBA Finals going down. Whether or not we're going to have a game seven a little bit later, that is to be determined. But we've got at the very least a game six. And... We've got a lot of fun with regards to the U.S. Open coming up in a few days as well. So we've got a lot to talk about and a lot to talk about with regards to these National League teams. Here's one that I know that our guest Jason Weigarn wound up mentioning in our number two that he likes, and I'm with him on this one. How about if we wind up going 957-958 on the betting board? The Milwaukee Brewers are going to be going on the road, and they're going to be facing off against the New York Mets with Chris Bassett. Going to have a hook, line, and sinker for this one with the Mets and Adrian Hauser. Going to be going for the Milwaukee Brewers and the Brewers. They find themselves an underdog. A lot of places you're finding it anywhere between about a plus 135-ish to about a plus 140. And with the Mets, going to be finding them anywhere between about a minus 145 to a minus 160 and a total of 8. And when it comes to the spot, I wound up making the Brewers right around about a plus 130 underdog. Being able to get north of that, I think it is relatively solid value. As Adrian Hauser, he has been all over the place. I think it's the best way to be able to put it in his last five starts. He has given up one earned run in three of them, and he's also given up five in two of them. So either you get good Adrian Hauser or you get bad Adrian Hauser, one of the sort of advantages and drawbacks to being very much a pitcher contact guy, which Hauser is. He's getting right around seven strikeouts per nine innings. Now, the big thing for him, being able to control the walks. He's been giving up right around 3.8 walks per nine innings. That has been a little bit costly for him, but he did wind up giving up three home runs. As I started against the Cubs, I do think that he's going to bounce back a little bit more. And what is a pitcher-friendly ballpark out there at City Field? And despite the fact that it is relatively pitcher-friendly, Chris Bassett, he's been giving up quite a few bombs this far this season. Right around one and a half home runs per nine innings. Strikeout numbers are still there. Last year, he wound up having right around nine strikeouts per nine innings. While he's with the Oakland A's, 
winds up coming to New York, and he's actually seen a little bit of an uptick there. Three walks per nine innings is not necessarily ideal, but it's not too terrible. But that set has been going relatively rough for him. Guys have been able to hit him, and they've been able to hit him hard quite often this season as one is throwing right around a 240 off of him, and when the ball has been flying, it has been flying. But the good news for the Mets, you do have Pete Alonso, one of the top players out there in the National League, actually leads the league in terms of home runs on the road ever since the beginning part of last season. Has been a case in which he winds up getting a few fewer at home just because City Field is a little bit more pitcher-friendly, but 18 home runs thus far this season, and the Mets, they lead the league in terms of batting average. Now, you've got to think that there's going to be a little bit of regression with some of the infield singles that they've been able to get. They've been a tad bit lucky with those, but you wind up bringing in someone like a Sterling Marte, who's been able to hit about a 280 for this bunch. You've been able to have Brandon Nimmo be able to give you some really good at-bats. J.D. Davis wound up hitting a nice home run while the team was out in Los Angeles. You got so many guys that are firing on all cylinders. And the big thing for the Milwaukee Brewers is being able to get a little bit more in terms of batting average in general. This is a team that has a collective they're aiming right around a 227 to a 228 on the road. And it's been a case of what you do have a trio of guys that have been able to hit a couple uh, that have been able to hit double digit amount of homers as well. You've got Rowdy Tellez, coupled with Willie Adamas, who have been able to do so. And then you're able to throw in their Hunter Renfro as well. All these guys between 10 and 11 home runs. But been a case in which also you don't necessarily have a consistent player that is hitting above a 260 for this team. You've got quite a few guys that do an okay job. I'll be able to draw walks, but you need more out of guys like Andrew McCutcheon, Christian Yelich, who it's been a big fall off ever since Christian Yelich on winning that MVP award. And we'll say the same for Cody Bellinger as well. So you've got quite a few NL MVPs that ever since they've won that award, they have not necessarily been able to live up to their building. But what you also have with the Milwaukee Brewers is the best eighth and ninth inning duo in baseball. That'd be Josh Shader, coupled with Devin Williams. Williams was a little bit out of sorts to begin the season, but he's not firing all cylinders. And when it comes to Josh Shader, has been a it was interesting to take a look at him about a week or so ago. Winds up giving up those pair of home runs against the Philadelphia Phillies that wind up being a big cog as to why the Milwaukee Brewers wind up going on that eight-game losing streak. But I think that just being able to bust out of that, being able to get the monkey off the bat with a win on Sunday was very big for them. And when it comes to this Mets team, they had to travel from west to east. So I do think that that might wind up taking a little bit out of them as well. Felt like the Mets should be a favorite, but I think that now we've gotten up a little bit too lofty, being able to get north of a plus 130. Going to be taking a look at the Brewers, and I do think that it's going to be a little bit more of a control game with regards to the offense. I think that both starters are going to be able to bounce back after somewhat mediocre starts of the season. For both of them, I think that both are going to be able to rein it in a little bit more. So I'm taking a look at this total under, and I'm going to be taking a look at the Brewers. And when it comes to the National League East, you've also got a pair of National League East teams. They're going to be doing battle with one another. This is just above that on the betting board, 955-956. Miami Marlins, they're on the road facing off against the Philadelphia Phillies. As going for the Phillies, you've got yourself Zach Eflin, and it's going to be Trevor Rogers going for Miami. Miami's seen a little bit of steam. They wound up opening up right around about a plus 135, plus 140-ish underdog. Now you're finding a lot more plus 130s. Meanwhile, the Phillies, they open up right around about a minus 150. At DraftKings, they remain a minus 150. I'm seeing as low as a minus 140 on them as well, but it's been a big, giant struggle for Trevor Rogers this season. Now, what I will say about Trevor Rogers is that his ERA on the road is nearly two points lower than it is at home. So he's been able to do his best work away from Miami, which... Doesn't make a lot of sense because Miami, one of the most pitcher-friendly ballparks out there in the big league. So that has been a little bit befuddling, but he's been able to provide his best work 
when he's been away from Miami. Meanwhile, you take a look at Zach Eflin, and he's got some very demonstrative home and road splits. A road ERA that is north of seven, a home ERA that is sub two. And with Eflin, what you know is that he is going to be able to have command, and he's not going to put guys on cheaply. Sub two walks for nine innings. Now, he does wind up giving up quite a bit of hard contact, and just general contact, I think, is the big thing with Zach Eflin. This is a little bit more of a pitcher contact guy, much like I was talking about in the previous game with Adrian Hauser, right around 7.7 strikeouts for nine innings. But the thing with him is that opponents are in right around about a 250 off of him, which has been a big, giant issue. But at home, opponents are in right around a 200 off of him on the road. It is so much different. So that is something to take a look at with him. Now, the Phillies... I don't think you need me to tell you this. Their bullpen has not been too terrific this year. Now, the good news is, Brad and Corey Knable, they are going to be available in this game. They did not wind up getting used up on Monday. So that's going to be able to help them out. And, you know, it's actually been worse in terms of bullpen ERA. That would be the Miami Marlins. You wind up having a guy by the name of Lewis Head enter into the month of June with a 1-1-2 ERA. It's down north of 7. The Miami Marlins... Just have not been getting good bullpen pitching recently. Anthony Bass has been able to do a solid job for the team, but a lot of the guys that were very reliable for the team at the beginning part of the season, they've either gotten banged up or it's gotten straight down the toilet bowl for them. Guys like Tanner Scott, Cole Solzer, they just have not been able to do too terrific of a job in general since coming over from the Baltimore Orioles. Now, you do take a look at this Miami Marlins team, and it's been a case in which some of the less heralded guys have been able to step up. Garrett Cooper sitting above a 300 for the team. You've had Jazz Chislam. It's been a little bit of a fireball of discussion with regards to what's been happening in the clubhouse, but he's got a double-digit amount of formers. He's been able to do a solid job, but Ori Soler, you're able to throw in there. Miguel Rojas, even Jacob Stallings, these guys bringing a 230 or lower now with Soler. He has been able to provide 12 home runs, so he's been able to do a solid job there, but this Philadelphia Phillies team has a duo in Bryce Harper coupled with Kyle Schwarber with a combined 31 home runs this season. To put this into perspective, the Detroit Tigers has a team through 60 games, have 31 home runs. Now, Schwarber not necessarily doing a great job with regards to average right around a 210, but is on base over his right around a 330. So he's able to do a relatively solid job there. And for Trevor Rogers, what is really hurting him right now is his swing and miss stuff. That was so good last season, and it's not been there. So that means that some of these guys that they don't necessarily hit the deep ball as much, but they find a way on base, like it, like even a Alec Bohm. That is going to be able to help them out. Nick Cassianos has been a little bit cold to start the season. I know that he's been able with a couple of ailments. I do think that he's going to be able to pick it up towards the back half of the season. Even someone like a Yohan Camargo, who's been a little bit more of a situational bat for this Philadelphia Phillies team, has been able to do a solid job as well. And with Trevor Rogers, mentioned the lack of swing and miss stuff. Rookie year, 12.5 strikeouts per nine innings, 10.5 last season. Thus far this season, more like 7.9. And when you wind up mixing that in with four walks per nine innings, does cause for a big concern with regards to this team. And I do think that Zach Heflin going to be able to come up, going to be able to give a relatively solid start in this spot. So I was willing to lay up to right around about a minus 150-ish on the money line when it came to the Philadelphia Phillies. And if you're taking a look at their run line right now, you're finding that anywhere between about a plus 135 to a plus 140. I do think that with the bullpen sort of in the standing that it is with the Miami Marlins, you do have a little bit of value in terms of this plus price. As long as you're getting north of a plus 130, I think that if you're looking for a little bit of a plus money run line with a home team, the Philadelphia Phillies might be able to provide that. I say plus money because we've got a lot of big giant favorites, like I was talking about it with the San Francisco Giants. When it comes to 
a north of $2 favorite. Typically, you wind up taking the run line just to be able to reduce the juice a little bit more in more of the case of the Philadelphia Phillies. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare i know that there are many people that they have a rule of i'm not willing to lay more than insert your number here minus 140 minus 150 minus 160 for some they don't have that rule whatsoever but I do think that if you're looking for a little bit of a plus money line here, I do think that the Philadelphia Phillies on the run line, they're able to provide that. And I'm taking a little bit of a look at an under as well. Rogers has been much better on the road, and Zach Eflin has been absolutely dominant at home. So we're going to be taking a look there. And coming up next, we're going to be taking a look at what we're going to be getting this NFL season. Matt Landis, he does a great job with the Props and Hops podcast. He's going to be joining me. We're going to take a look at some NFL season wins and just what he's looking at for the upcoming season right here on VEASAN Esports Bank Network. This is the look ahead on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Heat up your lineup with the FootJoy Tee-Off Challenge. Join two free fantasy golf contests to compete for your share of $10,000 in total cash prizes while the world's best golfers tee off. Head on over to DraftKings.com slash FootJoy now to join in on the action. FootJoy, the number one shoe and glove in golf terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com for details as it is a look at with myself, Greg Peterson, and it's great to be joined by our guests as Matt Landis does an absolutely terrific job with the Props and Hops podcast, and he does a great job all year all year round. Taking a look at the game we love of the NFL, and Matt, it is great to have you aboard tonight. Thank you. Greg, thanks for having me on. Always great to connect with you, and I know at this time with the NBA Finals going on, NHL Stanley Cup around the corner with that matchup set, baseball season in full swing. That said, uh, to your point, never a bad time of the year to talk to NFL, so hopefully we can provide some value to the audience tonight. It never is a bad time to talk about the NFL. It is the most year-round sport, in my opinion, that you're going to be able to find. And the news cycle in the NFL, it does wind up happening year-round. And when it comes to the month of June, we're going to call what it is. It's a little bit more of a bear month. But are you able to find anything with regards to some of these teams that might be a little bit of an angle when it comes to this time of year? Because it feels like, Every single coach is saying, oh, Player X, he's in the best shape of his life. He's been doing absolutely nothing but reading the playbook and, is, and at times going for his dog with a walk. He's doing absolutely nothing else. But with that said, is there anything that you want to take a look at this time of year that you can wind up finding maybe a little bit of value slash 
a little bit of a devaluing with regards to a team. Yeah, and I've got to say it's fun to try to find value at times when we're seeing the reports making the rounds like Sam Darnold and Matt Corral already looking so accurate for the Panthers, so everybody watch out for what they've got in store this season. Or not, you might want to pump the brakes there. But one news item, I I think we're just waiting for the other shoe to drop in the Deshaun Watson saga. And I've built out what I kind of think of as the Deshaun Watson suspension speculation portfolio, if you will. And my favorite bet of that portfolio that I'm still seeing available at some books now would be looking at an opponent of the Browns to win that division, the AFC North, looking at the Ravens to take home the AFC North crown. I'm seeing as good as plus 225 still available at a pretty well-established offshore uh, consensus price much more in the range of plus 180, and I still like it down to that number. Basically, looking at the AFC North, if and when Watson is dealt a lengthy suspension, I feel like it could, for all intents and purposes, make it a two-horse race. Of course, if the Browns are without Watson, that's going to make it an uphill battle for them. Pittsburgh in rebuilding mode, at least offensively. So for Cleveland and Pittsburgh, the division, not out of question, but I do think Baltimore and Cincinnati become the two clear favorites. And at these odds, with a big plus money payout for the Ravens, I find that very appealing. Aside from just the quality of the Ravens and Bagels on paper, if you look at them head-to-head, the schedule favoring Baltimore, somehow last year the Ravens finished last in the division. The Bengals, on the other hand, won the AFC North. So Cincinnati dealing with a first-place schedule, the Ravens a much softer fourth-place schedule. And just looking at health for Baltimore, they were ravaged last season, seemingly across the roster, so they can only look for some positive regression on the injury front. Overall, I think at plus 180 or better, seeing some nice value on Baltimore to win the AFC North, I don't think that number still exists if and when we get news on a Deshaun Watson suspension. Yep, and I know that there are some places that they're really not offering a lot with regards to Cleveland Brown win totals as a result, just because we don't know what the Deshaun Watson suspension is going to be a lot of people were thinking it's going to be between six and eight games we wound up seeing the reports coming out last week that apparently the Deshaun Watson situation if it can't get worse it probably did wind up getting worse and well that's not necessarily too terrific to take a look at right there so that's going to be very fascinating and when it comes to season wins it's obviously a market in which you want to be taking a look at these teams and you want to be trying to fight for the best of it because the difference between nine and nine and a half, it can mean absolutely everything, even if it does wind up requiring quite a bit of juice. And how do you wind up balancing this? Because I know that there's a lot of people that they don't want to be taking like maybe a minus north of minus 130, minus 135 juice when it comes to a season win. But I'm of the philosophy, if you are going to lay juice on some of your bets, the best ones to take a look at are some of these NFL futures because I think that the difference between like an eight and a half and a nine the difference between a nine and a half and a 10, you're able to go down the list. It's just absolutely massive in this market. Yeah, I think from a betting standpoint, one of the keys is to try to think as probabilistically as possible. And when it comes to the true probabilities in the regular season one total market, a lot of professional bettors whom I respect, considering a win under the 17-game schedule, a half a win being worth about 45 cents, so to use an example, a total that I'm ready to pull the trigger on would be the Dallas Cowboys under, and I'm seeing anywhere from 10 and a half, and that's priced around minus 145 consensus to under 10 in the range of even money. So if we look at those two numbers, you know, if you're to say, I'm not going to lay more than minus 130, so I'm going to take minus, you know, 
100 plus 100 at under 10. Okay, you can do that. But if you get a better price laying more VIG, but for that extra hook, that could make all the difference in the world. In all likelihood, if we look at the median win outcome for the Cowboys this season, you know, 10 is a pretty predominant number. Do you want to win if the Cowboys win 10 games or do you want to push? So that's all factored in to these prices that different books are hanging. And if we look at the Cowboys specifically from a handicapping standpoint, last season strength of schedule was very kind to them when it came to injuries and key COVID absences from their opponents. And on both sides of the ball looking forward, um, I, I see some reason for regression. Offensively losing Amari Cooper and then Lyle Collins on the offensive line. Defensively, turnovers were a huge factor for them last season. Trayvon Diggs was a revelation and made so many big plays. He's obviously very talented, but I'm not sure that that level of prediction is sustainable. So some losses on both sides of the ball. And strength of schedule, aside from injuries and COVID good fortune the Cowboys had last season, just looking at their division and the NFC East, the Eagles really fortified them in the trenches. They also added A.J. Brown to possibly get some explosive plays back in the passing game. The Giants bringing in Brian Dayball. We saw what he did turning around Josh Allen and revitalizing the Bills offense. God, I think that's going to be a significant upgrade over guys like Joe Judge and Jason Garrett. And then Washington bringing in Carson Wentz. I know he's got his warts, but I think that he brings, if a lower ceiling, also a higher floor than what Washington was dealing with last season. So I just don't see many easy wins for the Cowboys this season. Of course, they can still be a good team. But if we're looking at, you know, under in the range of 10 and a half at minus 145 or under 10 at even money, I see value there. And like all of these things, the point you made shop around, not just for the best number you can get, but the big attached to that number. I am seeing under 10 and a half available at some books as low as minus 125. And that's the equivalent to under 10 at about plus 120. So always trying to find the best of the number, but from a handicapping standpoint, see plenty of value to step in front of the Cowboys at this stage of the offseason. And when it comes to futures, you're going to see a lot more variance in the market than you're going to find on a game-by-game basis, especially when it comes to the NFL, where it's just pretty much as efficient as it winds up getting with regards to the spreads and the totals. You're going to find a little bit more, I guess you can call it value, by being able to shop around when it comes to the futures market as well. And I always have to ask this when it comes to the preseason of just about any sport, because whenever I research anything, whether it be NFL, college basketball, MLB, list goes on and on. There are a few teams that they fit this profile. The more I look at them coming into the season, the more I like them. Mine is the Indianapolis Colts with bringing in Matt Ryan. I think it's going to work out very well for them. I don't know if there's a team or two that would fall under this category for you, but is there a team that the more you just take a look at them, the more you start to like them? Yeah, you know, it's really tough trying to be as objective as I can. I think that's generally one of my biggest strengths as a better And we talked about the Chargers, my favorite team, shortly after this past Super Bowl. Uh, I think the ship has sailed on Chargers Super Bowl futures. I mean, they could have been had for north of 20 to 1. Now it's 14 to 1 at a lot of books. Um, But again, we see some volatility in regular season win total numbers and the VIG attached to those numbers from one book to another. And and if there's a book offering a good price on the Chargers, again, trying to be objective, I, I just every year it's like clockwork rating for them to rip my heart out in some way, but the upgrades they made to their defense at multiple levels with Khalil Mack, JC Jackson. We know Herbert seems to be a superstar in the making and Daniel Popper, the team's beat writer for the athletics has been talking about Herbert, not just the physical tools we've seen on display his first two seasons, but mentally processing things at a better and better level. And it's to the point where if Herbert could approach anything like a former chargers quarterback, 
Drew Brees mentally being able to process a defense, tack on Herbert's physical skills, and that could just get really scary for opponents in a hurry. I know it's such a strong division, so 10 or 11 wins and the AFC West might not get the number one seed, but could it at least get the Chargers, you know, a home game early on in the playoffs should they make it that far. Um, I'm starting to see that as more of a possibility the more I look at this team. So trying to, again, keep my fandom separate from what I do as a better, um, I, I just am seeing things point in a positive direction for the Chargers like I, I feel as if I haven't since the days of Philip Rivers and LaDainian Tomlinson. Yep, and the Chargers. I mean, I wanted covering Justin Herbert at college. He was the one good thing about Oregon in that one season, which went so bad and something that went tremendous. Having you on the show, Matt, appreciate you joining me. Thank you. Thanks, Greg. Always enjoy it. Look forward to doing it again soon. Matt, just a wealth of knowledge. Does a great job with the Hops and Props podcast. And coming up next, going to be taking a look at what we've got on the Diamond for Tuesday right here on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The third major of the golf season is here, and you can get in on all the actions with the Doors Major Championship Challenge. Draft in two free golf contests. One is a classic, and one is a four-round showdown for your chance to be able to compete for $10,000 in total cash prizes. Head on over to DraftKings.com slash Doors now to play for free. As it is a look at with myself, Greg Peterson, and great to be able to get on Matt Landers. Does a great or Matt Landis does a great job of being able to take a look at everything that we've got in football just all year round. Does a great job being able to identify some good value with regards to the prop market. We had him on during the NFL draft, provided the goods there, and man does a great job with the Hops and Props podcast as well. So big thanks to him and a big thanks to Jason Kahn. Always does a great job of being able to book a great guest list, the producer of this fine show. Typically it's Scott Seidenberger's in here, but I'm holding it down tonight as Scott. He was on the nightcap, so... Always glad to be aboard because, Jason, every single time I wind up warm in the seat, he always provides a great guest list. Andrew is our technical director tonight. Everything runs so smoothly because of him. Taylor always gets me set up on audio, which is why I sound as sharp as I can. He does his best, and he does a great job of it. And then Oliver posts up all of our hours with regards to the podcast because if you wind up going to visa.com slash podcast, you're able to hear what we wind up doing with every single hour of every single show. And... It's a very critical part of what we wind up doing. So big thanks to all these guys. I work with really the best in the business. So I do appreciate all of their hard work. Now time for me to go to work on the MLB card. Try to find you guys some winners as we get on a few National League games in our number one. Holding off on giving out too much with regards to this Pirates versus Cardinals double dip because most places just don't have a lot posted. And when it comes to doubleheaders, you always want to take a look at the pitchers. I was mentioning it in our number one, the sticky situation we had with regards to Nationals and the Atlanta Braves. I mean, it is very often that you think that you're going to have, for instance, in this Pirates versus St. Louis Cardinals matchup, Bryce Wilson in game two and JT Burbaker be the starters in game one. And you could wind up seeing the manager in the next game, the next day, just decide to flip flop and be like, yeah, you know what? Going to be JT Burbaker in game two instead of game one. You know, pitcher dependent and. That bet that you want to putting a lot of research into, that you want to thinking, yep, we've got a winner right here. Well, all that was for nothing. You have no action whatsoever, which that's always frustrating. So I always do caution with that. And you gotta have caution right now if you're betting on the Oakland A's. As we go 971, 972 on the betting board. Boston Red Sox, 
going to be playing us to the A's as it's going to be Nick Pavetta who's going to be getting the start for Boston. And Jared Koning is going to be getting his second career start for Oakland. And Oakland, sizable underdog here. You're finding them anywhere between a plus 185 and a plus 195. Meanwhile, if you take a look at Boston, you're going to be finding them anywhere between really minus $2 and minus 225. And it is a really rough state of affairs right now for Oakland. This is a team that they're riding a pretty massive losing streak. And when it comes to Nick Pavetta, He's been able to do a much better job recently for this team as he wound up being a guy that last year had some demonstrative home and road splits. He was supposed to get up an ERA that was nearly one and a half points higher at home than on the road this year. It's been a little bit more even Steven. And when it comes to Nick Pavetta, has really been able to provide great starts. Recently, he wound up having that complete game at home against the Houston Astros to kick off the month of May. And really, this is a Boston Red Sox team that they were stuck in the mud. First few weeks of the season, they've been able to really pull themselves out of it, and they've got that mashing trio of J.D. Martinez, Rafael Devers, Xander Bogarts, all hitting at least a 320. Devers, he's been able to provide a double-digit amount of homers, so Boston really starting to find their form there. You need a little bit more out of some of the guys towards the bottom of the lineup. Kike Hernandez has been dealing with a little bit of an ailment, so that's been a little bit of an issue. Franchi Cordero, after he wound up having a very hot start to the season, he has cooled off. Trevor Story is only hanging right around a 235 over the last 30 days. But with that said, he's been able to provide 20-plus RBI in that time span. He's been very much a hot and cold guy thus far this season. But Alex Verdugo starting to get on base. That is very helpful. And what else has been really big for the Boston Red Sox is this is never going to be a team that's going to be mistaken for one of the top bullpens out there in the league. But after a very bad start and trying to figure out Things in general without Garrett Whitlock because he wound up going from the bullpen to the starting rotation. Now is on the injured list, which is not too terrific. But they right now clock in at 11th with regards to bullpen. You've right? been able to have someone like a Tyler Danish come in, be able to give the team some good innings. You now have Ansel Robles back in the fold. Eric Houser-Sawamora has been able to give you some nice innings as well. And at the Oakland A's, the start of the year for this bullpen was relatively solid. They're now 27th in regards to bullpen. You're right? AJ Puck, Sam Ball, they're able to provide some relatively solid innings, but past that, you really don't have guys that you're able to trust in anymore. Domingo Acevedo, Zach Jackson, they're both providing right around a 370 in terms of their ERA, but Danny Jimenez, who wound up having a sub-2 ERA to begin the season. Oh boy, it's really went down the toilet bowl for him. And then you take a look at Jared Koning. He's someone that actually was a few weeks ago pitching out here in lovely Las Vegas. He was a part of the Las Vegas Aviators and he actually wound up having some good minor league numbers. Now, I felt like it was a little bit of fool's gold from everything that I've tracked with regards to the Las Vegas Aviators, but wound up posting up a 4-2 record, wound up making nine total appearances, kept the ball in the yard in what is a very, very humid climate. I know because I wound up jogging yesterday in temperatures of 109 degrees. So it is hot outside. I can tell you that from experience. Doesn't have strikeouts per nine, innings to an F walks per nine, but gotten up to the big league level. He doesn't necessarily have electrifying start stuff first start out against the Atlanta Braves, which that's not necessarily the test that you probably want for your first career start. Gives up four runs and four innings. I think he'll be a little bit improved from that first start, but I do question him being able to lend necessarily a ton of length. I do think that it's going to take a little bit of time for him to be able to get his sea legs under him at the major league level. He's a 28-year-old that was really just bouncing around from organization to organization. He was a former late, like, 35th round draft pick. So I do think that that's a little bit of an issue and he, right now, not being backed up by a great bullpen. And when it comes to the Oakland A's, 
They're not backing him up with any offense whatsoever either. Bottom five in the big leagues in terms of both batting average and home runs. You've really got one guy that's seen consistent at bats hitting above a 255 for this Oakland A's team. And that'd be Christian Bethencourt. He's the backup catcher for this team that is now starting to become the everyday catcher. You just have not been able to get a lot out of guys that you thought were going to be able to provide some power. Seth Brown has been able to get the team three home runs over the last seven days, but really past that, it has been a non-factor, which is why I actually do like a nine and a half under here as well, just because I don't know if the Oakland A's are going to be able to do their part in being able to push this total over. You've had Nick Pavetta do a very solid job of being able to lend some great starts recently and for Koning. I think that he could wind up looking a little bit better than he did at start number one, but I think that this is a bullpen that you can't wind up trusting in. And if you're taking a look at this Red Sox run line, finding it anywhere between minus 110 to minus 115, I am a fan of reducing the juice here because you do have those mashers in for Boston. And with having a little bit of higher total, you could still wind up getting that run line to wind up going over and say a 5-2, to 6-2 to two game if you wind up taking the under and the run line as well. So you've got yourself a little bit more wiggle room with regards to a higher total here. So looking at an under, and I'm going to be taking a look at the run line as well. And this is one that's starting to come up on the board as well. 969-970 is going to be the White Sox and the Detroit Tigers. It's going to be Drew Hutchinson who's going to be getting the start for the Detroit Tigers as the Tigers who have been dealing with a whole big giant bevy of injuries finally starting to get some of these guys back in the fold. And Dylan Cease is going to be going for the White Sox. DraftKings literally just posted this summer a few weeks or a few, I should say, minutes ago. As the White Sox, they're finding themselves at a minus 170. I'm seeing in other markets right around a minus 180 where I'm at at Circa actually has the highest number as the White Sox here at Circa are minus 186 plus 169 with regards to the Detroit Tigers. And when it comes to the Tigers at DraftKings, find them more around a plus 150. 7.5 is the total at DraftKings. 8 is the total at Circa, which is why I always wind up mentioning with regards to just any sport in general. It doesn't matter if it's baseball, college basketball, list goes on and on. Always do wind up shopping around. And what you're going to find in Major League Baseball is when you do wind up having sort of these mysterious situations like we didn't know it was going to be starting for the Detroit Tigers until after games wound up really wrapping up. We wound up seeing this with the Washington Nationals as well. You're going to find a lot of variance in the market. You're able to find numbers that are disagreeing with each other by sometimes north of 20 to 25 cents. Like we wound up seeing that with regards to the Braves versus the Washington Nationals game that we're going to be seeing. So always do wind up shopping around here. But this is a spot where I wound up saying the White Sox more around a minus 170 favorite. What we're seeing at DraftKings, I would be willing to lay it. I would probably be taking a look to see what the run line is. Right now at a minus 105, I would rather have even money personally because the Tigers, they've actually been really good with their bullpen. They are number two in the league in terms of bullpen ERA at the very least. They were going into last night prior to them giving up quite a few runs to the White Sox, but bullpen has really been able to do their part. They just have nothing on offense. They're dead last in the big leagues in terms of runs per game. And this is a team that they've got 31 home runs in 60 games. They're on pace for about 83. That's 10 more than Barry Lamar Bonds wanted pinning by himself in 2001. And if you want to take a look at things, I mean, Aaron Judge along with Anthony Rizzo have a combined 38 home runs this year. Two guys on one team has like seven to eight more home runs than an entire team. So that is a big giant issue for this Detroit Tigers team. Hard to really get behind them. And if you're taking a look at this total at the 7.5, I'd be taking a look at the over. I do think that the White Sox starting to round into form in 8 to the under. So do shop around for this one. And in the final segment, get it upon the DK Nation pick I've got on the diamond for Tuesday right here on VEASAN, Esports Bank Network. 
VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit VSIN.com to check out the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and the bets are moving for every single game? The betting splits page is updated every 10 minutes so that way you're able to see all the changes in the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money just does not wind up matching up with the public opinion. You're able to check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way that VEASAN is here year-round to be able to make you a smarter better. So check out today's betting splits for every single game now at VEASAN.com as it is the final segment of the look at right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. If you're watching me live, well, you get another three hours of Greg Peterson as I'm filling in for Scott Seidenberg. I don't know whether to say you're welcome or to say I am sorry. I'm sure that it's one or the other. I just don't know which one. But with that said, if you're l- watching the replay or if you're looking forward to just what we're going to be getting up for this wonderful Tuesday in general, follow the money. That's coming your way 4 a.m. Pacific time, 7 a.m. Eastern. Guys are, I'm sure, going to have a lot of reaction to what we wound up seeing. In- At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Game 5 of the finals, turning it forward to Game 6, and what we're going to be getting in Game 1 of the Stanley Cup Final. And what I've got on the ball diamond for Tuesday... Wind up writing up one article for DK Nation every day, and today we're going to be tackling the Rangers and the Astros. This is 973-974 on the board as you've got Jose Urquidy getting the start for the Houston Astros, and Dane Dunning is going to be going for the Rangers. Total uh, is of nine, and right now with the Astros, you're going to be finding them anywhere between a minus 125 to a minus 130 favorite, and finding the Texas Rangers in between about a plus 110 to a plus 115, and when it comes to what I'm going to be writing up for DK Nation, it's going to be on the total end. It's going to be on the under. The Astros have been absolutely insane to the under this season. They wound up in their first 60 games having 41 of them go under the total. There are two teams that have north of a 59.5% clip to the under thus far this season. It is they and the Detroit Tigers, who I want to blame it out in the last segment, the fact that they've got 31 home runs in 60 games. So... It has been remarkable to see, and it's not like the Astros have been having just a bunch of guys go completely in the tank with regards to their bats or anything like that. They are 22nd with regards to runs scored per game, and there has been some bad luck with men in scoring position, but Jeremy Pena is hitting at 275, Jose Altuve, double-digit amount of homers, he's hitting at 270, you've got Michael Brantley doing a solid job of getting on base, Alex Bregman, average has not been there, still has been able to provide north of a 320 on base, so, but what has been really impressive with the Astros, their bullpen pitching. It is number one in the big leagues in terms of ERA. Now, 
You dive into the starter, Jose Urekidi. He's been allowing right around a 5-ish ERA on the road. That's been closer to a 650. I think that this has been a little bit of a matter of bad luck as well, though. He's got opponents hitting right around a 335 off of him on the road. Last year, that was closer to about a 230. I don't think it's going to quite end up being a 230 like it was last season. I also think it's going to come down to a from a 335 because you do take a look at this Texas Rangers lineup. They invested a lot of money in Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon, and Simeon's been able to heat up a little bit in terms of the deep ball recently. He's had six home runs over the last 15 to 20 games for this bunch, but you're not paying hundreds of millions of dollars for a pair of guys are hitting right around at 225 and a guy in Simeon that's got six home runs as far this season. Now, Adelise Garcia hitting closer to about a 240. He's been able to give you a double-digit amount of homers. He's been starting to pick it up a little bit. The entire catcher spot in general for the Rangers has been relatively solid, but you guys got, got guys like Eli White and company towards the bottom of the fold. They've not necessarily been able to get it done, and though Brock Burke is going to be out of the fold for the Texas Rangers in this spot because he wound up getting used out of the bullpen on Monday, you still have a bullpen that is in the top 10 in terms of ERA. Joe Barlow has been good for this team. Dennis Santana posting up a sub-2 ERA. Matt Moore wound up throwing just six pitches yesterday. He's actually been able to remake himself. You may recognize that name because, yes, that is failed starter Matt Moore, who I still remember. He wound up having like a six ERA the last time that he wound up starting for the Texas Rangers. But now, when it comes to him out of the bullpen, has actually been able to do a relatively solid job. So I do think that you've got a solid spot here for an under. And when it comes to the, the Houston Astros, they do wind up blowing a little bit of a lead. Yesterday, they wound up having a 3-0 to zero lead after two innings. And well, from there, they did not wind up scoring again. I do think that they're going to be able to do a little bit better job in this spot. And I do think that they are going to be able to hold down the Texas Rangers in this game. So I'm looking at the Astros on the money line. And when it comes to the DK Nation pick, I'm going to be taking a look at the under end. With Tuesday, we've got the Stanley Cup final that is going to be starting up. That is going to be between the Avalanche and the Lightning. And we've been seeing the Lightning taking the money in not just game one, but also for the series. It's a series price that opened up in a lot of places with the Avalanche being right around a minus 180. I know that over at the South Point and talking with Dwayne Clucci, he does a great job over there at the Rampart Racing Sportsbook. I know that they wind up using the same numbers as the South Point with Gone Gaming. They opened it up at minus $2. They're right now at the Avalanche more around a minus 170. And we've been seeing positive news come out with regards to some of the lightning injuries. We've been seeing some negative news coming out with regards to the Avalanche with Braden Point perhaps being able to give the lightning a little bit of a jolt in this series. And with the lightning right now, you're finding them in game one being more around about a plus 135 to a plus 145 underdog with the Avalanche. DraftKings currently has the best number if you're looking to lay it with them. Minus 155 on the money line, seeing a size of minus 165 as this opened up with the Avalanche being more around a minus 170-ish favorite, and I agree with the move. I think that there's good value here on the Lightning being able to win the series. This is a bunch that they've just got the best goalie right now on the planet, Andre Vasilevsky. I mean, you even take a look at when these two teams wound up doing battle in February. It was a case in which the Lightning wound up losing that game by kind of 3-2, to but that wasn't on Andre Vasilevsky. He wound up having to face north of 45 shots in that game and was still able to do a very solid job. Meanwhile, you take a look at what you were able to get out of Steven Stamkos in that game six closeout for the Tampa Bay Lightning. He was able to score a pair of goals, and I think that sometimes he winds up going a little bit under the radar. This is a guy that's still just 32 years old and coming off of another 100-point season. He has been absolutely magnificent for this team and was having a little bit of a silent postseason before he wound up being able to bust out 
in that last game. So that is going to be, I think, huge for the Tampa Bay Lightning. And just when it comes to all sports, just being able to have a little bit of upward momentum along with a championship pedigree, I think that that's very big. As Ric Flair once said, in order to be the champ, you got to beat the champion. For the Lightning, they are the two-time defending champions. They wound up having to go through a little bit of everything. They wound up having the bubble season last year was a little bit more normalized, but they faced it all, in my opinion. And then with the Colorado Avalanche, not a team that we've been asking for many, many years. When is this team going to be able to bust out, be able to not just make the Stanley Cup final, but be able to hoist the trophy itself? And that is something that I think is going to wear on these guys just a little bit. I don't think that they're going to have a whole bunch of sleepless nights or anything like that, but I do think that the outside noise, it is a little bit of a factor here. And when it comes to the Tampa Bay Lightning as well, it is a team that they are the more, I guess you call it, battle-tested team for one and for two. They wound up playing last. We wound up seeing it in the series that they wound up having against the Rangers. The Rangers wound up getting taken to seven games. They wound up being able to win that series in order to have the right to be able to battle the Lightning, who wound up sweeping the Florida Panthers, and they came out flat in game one. That was Andre Vasilevsky's by far worst game of the postseason, and then after that, they wind up losing game two. They wind up going on a four-game burner streak from there. And I do think that the rest that the Avalanche wind up getting from being able to sweep the Oilers, it is going to be coming into play more in game three, game four. I still like the Lightning to be able to get it done. I do think that the Lightning become the three-time champs. But I do think that with the Avalanche, the rest hurts them a little bit earlier on in this series. And then towards back half of the series, it is going to be able to help them a little bit more. So I do take a look at that little bit of an angle as well. But... I do think that this is a Lightning team that is a little bit on a mission. And if you're taking a look at the series price right now at DraftKings, much like you're finding across most markets, you're going to be finding the Lightning anywhere in that pocket of about a plus 150 to a plus 155 right now, DraftKings. They've got the Avalanche minus 175, finding the Lightning right around a plus 150. And I do think that the Lightning probably should be more like, in my opinion, I'd be setting more like a plus 120 to a plus 125. We've been doubting these guys for a very long time, and I mean, it wound up showing in that series against the Florida Panthers. The Lightning wound up giving up three goals in four games against a Florida Panthers team that they were just scoring left and right all throughout the season, and I do think that this is a Lightning team that they're going to make a statement in game one, and I actually like a little bit of an under here as well because you wound up seeing a tale of two different teams in that Avalanche versus Oilers series. I still remember game two. You wound up having some totals of seven half in that, meanwhile, if you were taking unders in that Lightning versus Rangers series, and you were cashing left and right, game number one winds up going over. You could tell that the Lightning were a little bit rusty. Past that, it was just all about the unders. You wound up having all those five and a half. I think that in game six, you actually wound up getting a couple fives. They all wound up cashing. I do think that this is a Lightning team that they're going to be able to do a supreme job on defense. Both of these teams, they're going to get shots on net. It's going to be a little frenetic, but I like the under, and I do like the Tampa Bay Lightning for both Game 1 and for the series. And what I absolutely love is that the sports calendar, it is very jam-packed right now. The U.S. Open is coming up in a few days. The NBA, you've got the finals going on. I just wanted to talking about the Stanley Cup. We've got a full day of Major League Baseball on Tuesday as well. So we've got you covered with wall-to-wall. Just great analysis here on Beeson and follow the money. That's coming up next right here on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. At Bed365, 
365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.